Turn up the Buffalo music up. Just plays, man. Oh, me. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up 502 is in the house. This is your co-host, Haven Harrington, holding it down until the man, the myth, the legend gets here to give us his greatness, his thoughts on all things University of Louisville, all things NBA and everything going on right now in sports. Man, so much going on. I hope you're having a great Saturday morning because, you know, today is... My favorite day of the year. One of my favorite days of the year. And that's Thunder Over Louisville Day, man. I, I'm telling you right now, Thunder Over Louisville is easily my favorite Kentucky Derby event outside of the Derby itself. I love Thunder Over Louisville. I love the fireworks. I've been going ever since it's, it's, it's been started, except for the years I didn't live in Louisville. And it was on, I mean, I love this. I'm so excited. The weather's going to be perfect, like 85 degrees. The humidity's not going to be too uh, sticky outside. Great weather. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And I'm also joined by Captain Barbecue himself. I give you Joe Kelly. That boy's good. Joe, how you doing? Uh, doing well, man. Doing well. No, no complaints with weather like this, right? None at all, man. I mean, after the cold starts of the week, you gotta love it. Yeah, it, this is how you finish your week off. This is—I'm proud of you, weather. You, you finished strong. You came in, you were a little suspect, but you finished strong. Yeah, the weather has been suspect. We has—it's been cold, tornadoes. It's been—it's it's been a, a little bit of everything. But a great way to end the week. A great way to kick off Derby. Man, I'm excited. So, Joe, tell me something good. I plan on getting my grill going today. I mean, it's we're 85 all weekend. Going to grill a little bit. Maybe watch some fireworks tonight. I don't know. I hear there's a pretty big show going on. Um, 
so you you've always said that the thunder is one of your favorite aspects of derby. Yes. Now, do you actually where do you where do you watch the uh, show? You know, see that all depends. See that that all depends. Like if I can get my daughter to stop being lazy and break out her bicycle, like we'll <laughs> go all the way downtown to Waterfront Park, watch it, and ride our bikes back home because. On your bike, you can beat all the traffic. It's literally like a 10-minute ride there and like a 12-minute ride back to the crib. Uh, oh. So it's not too okay. bad. So we can get in there, get a okay. prime location, and get out. Sounds healthy. Man, see, when I was, uh, when I was an undergrad at UofL, Thunder was a completely different experience because you always knew somebody downtown who had an apartment with a rooftop you could get access to. And when I no longer had rooftop access and I had to go mess with, with the plague of humanity that is the actual attendance of Derby or Thunder, oh, I don't think I've done it in 10 years. Well, been six. Since I made a live appearance. It's different. When, you know what? And, and thank you, Haven, for opening the show for me. And what's what's up, y'all? Um, uh, you know this. I don't know if y'all know, but like all the bridges are shut down except for New Albany. So you know, watch out if you if you're going where you need to go. Make sure you <laughs> are taking the proper routes and access ways, and and expect a little bit of a delay. Uh, they, they they got me caught up this morning, but that's all right. And, and first of all, just before I I go into my my thunder thoughts uh appreciate you fellas holding it down for me last week of course i was down uh in lexington uh last week uh, watching my son's volleyball tournament um got, got on there for a little bit but i actually went back and, and listened to the show and you all did an excellent job so i appreciate that fellas thank you thank you thank you no problem absolutely how's, uh, how's the team do last week uh well uh <laughs> it is holy cross uh, first year playing volleyball i will say this um this is their first year having a program they haven't had a program in 25 30 years, something like that. This is their first boys' volleyball team. Uh, boys, boys' volleyball is uh, a sport a, on the come a, up. a positive way to set the table, my man. <laughs> you are, so, you are. Uh, well, the thing is that they, they have been undefeated as uh, playing versus either freshman or junior varsity competition. This was an all-varsity tournament. <laughs> so, unfortunately, uh, okay. uh, unfortunately, going out there, they had to face the number one team in the state, St. X. Tigers um, are by far the best uh, team in in volleyball, boys volleyball in the state. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a little bit like uh, the the um, what General Custer or, or you know name your horrific tragedy. <laughs> it was it was pretty rough on the fellas. It was pretty rough, but it was fun though. It was fun. They got to learn a lot. So you know, my son held it down. Hey, man. He did his thing. One year, my uh, my little old old poor high school. All 300 students of us. Our football team that year was eh, 20 men strong. A lot of a lot of guys playing Iron Man ball. We rolled into into uh, Harrodsburg, Kentucky, and got lit up so bad by uh, the Athlon Defensive Player of the Year and some dudes that went to Ohio State and a bunch of dudes that went to the SEC. And they ran out of damn gunpowder to fire off their cannon before halftime. <laughs> we yeah. were in the USA today for the worst butt whooping. So tell. 
Yeah, it happens. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, it, the the, uh, the um, uh, what is that? The the Alamo. You know, they they always give you those types yeah. of of uh, you know comparisons. So yeah, I mean, but it, it was it was tough. But West Jessman was there. Uh, they have a really good volleyball program. Uh, Saint X was there um, as well as Henry Clay, which was the host school for the event, um, and they, they they're pretty good. So you know, it was it was fun. It was a learning experience. Uh, the the guys had a lot of fun, and we got to go to Goodfellas Pizza down there in Lexington. After after the game was over with, and that was awesome. If you've not been down there, uh, Goodfellas is a is a uh, awesome, awesome little spot down there. I had never been there before, um, and uh, you know, even on a Saturday kind of morning ish afternoon, it was absolutely packed. We were standing out, uh, standing room only, standing outside waiting to get in. Uh, have you guys ever been to Goodfellas? Just I wondering? have. It's really nice. It is. It is actually. Marlon and I started to go by there last night when we went to Lexington. Okay. To go and uh, we went to B two MMA. Okay. Was in the house at the uh, brand new. Well, it's not the brand new, but the Central Bank Center. I heard there was is, a uh, Joe Kelly lookalike at the fights. By there the way, there was a Joe <laughs> Kelly lookalike, and he won. You know, he, you know, he won. Joe, I thought uh, you started doing MMA, dude. I was like, oh, Joe, Joe done went native on us. <laughs> man, it's it's. I'm having fun with this, especially that, that y'all decided to, to bring it up on air because <laughs> Haven texted me the picture. And I showed it to one of my buddies, and he said, man, please tell your friends not all white guys with beards look the same. <laughs> we are a little bit different. I said, nah, man, once you, once you shave your head and you grow a beard, you're just part of a fraternity now. Yes. You're just one of those white dudes. <laughs> That's funny. No, I tell you what. When 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 Haven sent me the picture, said, man, Joe got his uh, second win tonight. I looked at that picture. I was like, man, is that Joe? I couldn't tell. It was it was just grainy enough to where I could not. <laughs> make out everything <laughs> man true story a couple of years ago i was i was actually live on air with mark ennis and it's the closest i've ever done to just blurting out what the you know on on a hot mic somebody <laughs> texted me a picture and i'm not i'm not making light of this person's situation but they sent me pictures a picture and said damn bro you good and it was somebody holding up a sign that said i need cash guys I'm not kidding you. I had to move away from the microphone and zoom in on this picture and be like, is that me? <laughs> was, I, was I in downtown Louisville begging for money that recently? Is... Oh, God. And I've still got the picture. I'll send it to you all later. It's seriously, I have a doppelganger in Louisville. That is so funny. I promise, man. I, like yeah. it, it was crazy. It, it was it was absolutely crazy. But uh, no, but um, to, to get back to that, I know we went down. By, by the way, how my Ken folk do? He said he won last night, right? Yeah, he won. He won. So he's two and zero. Yeah, yeah. He was two and zero. So you know, Joe. Like, if, if any, you know, so at least you know, Joe. If you go out and you go around, you know, you can uh, tell everybody that you're, a, you know, a mixed martial arts fighter, and you can be like, see, here's my, here's the proof right here. This is my picture. I'm two and zero. That's right, two and zero. Yeah, you know, first round you know, knockout. Man, that sounds. That sounds great in theory, but if anybody saw that Mike Tyson video today, I don't think fronting around MMA fighters or that subject in general is wise. <laughs> Fair. We're we're going to talk about Mike Tyson's flight experience, right? Of course, because I I feel like that highlights a lot of problems in society right now. And poor and 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 you're and I'm saying this, poor Mike Tyson. <laughs> poor <laughs> he's going to get. Since you started talking about it, we'll just keep on going. <laughs> man, and threw a bottle at him. Yeah. You throw a bottle at Mike Tyson, you deserve to have your day. Whatever happens to you. I agree. 
I mean, that's fair. That 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 is. I, I feel like it's fair ground. I feel like you know the dude wanted to. I mean, he had his buddy filming it, so like literally, he wanted for whatever reason Tyson to punch him. Like, and to Mike's credit, he didn't kill the dude because like one actual punch from Mike Tyson to a regular human could either seriously maim, injure, or kill, you know, your normal guy. So, you know, Mike held restraint. You know, he 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 got he he slapped him good, but you know he did, he didn't <laughs> I he, think the I, he didn't kill to the me dude. the best part of all of it is that if you watch the video you can tell Mike's minding his own business. And then he finally gets tired of it after dude puts hands on him. Don't put hands like man, don't come into people's personal bubble and then get mad when they react. That's that's just wrong. But then the video surfaced of him when he got off the plane at the airport and all the fans that ran up to him, and he's just smiling and being cool as hell. And it kind of proved, like, yeah, man, Mike wasn't being a jerk. The other guy was being the jerk, and Mike reacted. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, for the, the one the thing that I, I feel like Mike Tyson's done a great job of kind of remaking his image over the last 15, 20 years. Like, you know, he was like, when he was the baddest man on the planet, I feel like most people, the gen, public in general, thought he was a very scary, kind of like ominous figure. Um, and I think starting with uh, The Hangover really started to change a lot of what people thought about Mike. And, you know, he's yep. he, he's become, you know, kind of this larger than life figure, but he's become a very welcoming figure. Like he is Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg and Mike Tyson are probably the two most unlikely, like, I, I don't know what to what to call them. I, Saturday morning. No, <laughs> no. Let me tell you exactly what you call them, Rashawn. Character guys. The, I, wrote, I wrote a paper in college. The theme was pick somebody who personifies the American dream. I said, it's Snoop Dogg, man. How do you go from being a crip on, on, who beats murder charges to being on Sesame Street with your own limited edition Cadillac, the Snoop DeVille, and white <laughs> grandmothers know to say the shizzle? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Legit. Like, like the, those two guys, him. man. Those, like, to me, Snoop and, and Tyson have done more to rehab you know their what? image He's probably than anybody. on there as well. True. True. Yeah. I mean, those guys Snoop C walked off the Super Bowl halftime show into Corona commercials. <laughs> yeah, try so. explaining that thirty years ago to somebody. Yeah, and your awesome. point about about Mike Tyson, when Mike Tyson came out of prison with the Chairman Mao tattoo, I think white <laughs> America almost collectively melted. <laughs> I I remember my dad and his friends being just so. What the hell, man? What is wrong with this guy? It was just, it was terrifying to people. He was coming out of prison. We remembered old Mike. And then he had a random tattoo of a communist. I mean, it was just, (laughs) Mike is nothing short of entertaining. He really is. I mean, this is a dude that like when he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off. Evander Holyfield, friend of the main event sports show, by the way, uh, he he has party with the main event, like several party times. party, yes, <laughs> several times. Like, and and you literally see, you know, of course, when you talk to Evander, you see that chunk bitten out of his ear, and it like people thought that Mike Tyson was actually insane, like 
he would murder yeah. somebody if he met him in a in a dark alley. <laughs> so like it, it's just crazy the the different the differentiation from when that happened, you know, what late nineties to where now we fast forward to twenty twenty two and Mike's the victim and people are like, no, Mike's a nice guy. That just that mean yeah, man Mike's kept messing not, with Mike. <laughs> Mike's basically everybody's uh, goofy marijuana advocating uncle. <laughs> Like, you know that one uncle at the cookout that everybody knows back in the day, he rang bells on in the neighborhood. Nobody wanted any problems. But he's an OG now, and he's really chill. Yeah. And all he wants to tell you young bloods about is how, like, man, it's this weed that I got. It's, it's super chill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and, and shout, out, shout out to our man for actually looking a human being in the eye after a fight and standing there and going, I broke my back during the fight. I broke my back. <laughs> you, know. said, said you broke your back. What do you mean, Mike? Spinal. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Uh, and, and you know what? This is a shout-out. This moment in the show is a shout-out to my man Trevor Kelsey, of course, host of the Mike Rutherford Show, because I absolutely did a Trevor Kelsey and took us completely down a different rabbit hole when Haven asked a question about <laughs> Thunder Over Louisville, and we ended up going, well. Hey, but you know what? It all comes back full circle. I'm, I'm about to bring it back to Kentucky, full circle. Absolutely. The first person to KO Mike Tyson, Lexington's own Robin Givens, is actually shooting a movie in Louisville this summer. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, Robin. Oh. Brought it back home. Oh. I love you, Robin. Hey. Robin Givens is from Lexington, so she's coming back home to shoot a movie. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know Robin Givens was still uh, was still active at this point. She's she's still active, just like Tyson's active. You know, and the funny thing about that Tyson slap is a couple of years ago Tyson had a quote that was, I, I believe it was something like, yeah. "The problem with social media is that people think they can say things without any repercussions." Do found out there are yeah. repercussions. Oh yeah, I mean, but but like I said, it, it just it was just a very odd situation because the dude literally wanted, like, he wanted it to happen. Like, I, but see, the, the weird thing is, usually if somebody's gonna bait somebody into something like that, usually it's gonna be a situation where there, um, uh, there's gonna be like lawsuits, and I'm trying to sue, I'm trying to get rich, you know, type deal. Look, man. You know you're in the wrong when white America collectively says, oh, man, leave Mike B. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And, and no smoke after it. You know, they talked to him. The dude was like, I don't want to press charges. I was in the wrong. So it was just a very odd situation overall. It was a very weird situation, but that's what we do. That's what happens on, on Thunder Over Louisville Saturday here on Wake Up 502. Fellas, we're going to get into things in earnest. We have so many things to talk about, so many things to get into. Uh, Louisville basketball is not doing anything at all, and that's actually a story because they're not doing anything at all. Louisville football's got new commitments. Uh, the possibility of some huge, huge commitments on the way. I want to get Havens Inheritance thoughts on that. And the NBA playoffs. John Morant. <laughs> Calling out all the haters. So we're going to get into that much, much more. Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. We'll be right back on the Big X. There's a war going on outside. No man is safe from It don't matter if you're three feet or eight one. You'll get eight from the nine M straight blunt. Wake split, melon crack, all that on day one. Carry eight, two in the trunk, two in the waist, two in the ankle, two to the space. Thank you. 
and welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. I always love coming off you to see what Joe Kelly's singing. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that that is part of my uh, entertainment in the morning. And you know what? People always ask me. Um, you know, when I talk about the show, uh, you know, Rashawn, why do you always go for like the the long intros coming back? And I said, well, the, the way I look at it is that. You know, especially on like a Saturday morning, everybody's waking up. It's a, it's a day where most folks don't have to go to work. Um, you know, so they're trying to wake up. They're trying to enjoy their their morning. So rather than going with like the short intros or just the kind of little bit of bumper music, I like to usually have a little something to get you get you grooving, get you moving, get you singing. You know, kind of wake you up because it's all about you know just trying to have a good Saturday. And you know, Th- Thunder Over Louisville Saturday is a good one for that. So that's that's the that's the genesis of why I always have like the the long rejoins because people. Want to get out there they want to sing they want to hear music they like because it just gets you in a good mood you know what i mean you know you, you know what i tell them Rashawn? yes sir if the music we picked wasn't so fire we wouldn't let it ride so long you feel me exactly exactly i mean uh, it, 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 i said i asked him i said has there been one time that you said oh no no I <laughs> that's bunk and he said you know what man that's valid that's that's actually really valid. Hey, that's yeah. why Shaka okay. says ain't Y'all nobody do does thing. it better. Ain't nobody does it better than what we do. No. And, and what better song for Thunder? I'm telling you. Because nobody does. It, it, it's still the largest fireworks show in North America, right? Yes, it still is to this okay, day. Okay, you know, you know what my favorite thing about about Louisville is low key. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep it 100 this this Thunder morning, Absolutely. what I love about Louisville is that. Every now and then, we do something grand and, and spectacular to show people we're still in Kentucky. We just do it bigger than everybody else around here. Case in point, blowing stuff up. That's as Kentucky as it gets. <laughs> but Louisville figured out how to make a party about it. Even in 2013, yes, we won that title. I don't care. Call in and argue. I'll fight you this morning over here, damn it. We won that title. But we did so in camouflage sleeved jerseys just to remind people in louisville don't be getting too fancy now you're still from the state with those denim joints from 96 oh god the we're just constantly reminded that hey man y'all just the valedictorian of summer school so ease up there kentucky (laughs) god and it's humbling it's good to be it's good to be humbled occasionally Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like like we, we do a very good job, even though we live in the most backward state in all of the union. Uh, you know, of course, I, I don't get on here and rail about all that. You know, everybody's been talking about the fact that, you know, they still don't have medical marijuana. You still don't have um, uh, gambling, sports, uh, betting. sports betting, that type stuff um, in the state of Kentucky. I, I don't get there and get on that ranch just mainly because I don't do it. Um, but you know, I definitely think that, that the state's losing out on a lot of money, but I feel like the, the city of Louisville does a, at least a good enough job of trying to say, you know what, we're not like the rest of them out here doing that. Like we try to set ourselves apart from the rest of the state in a lot of ways we do things. <laughs> so like, I feel like Thunder Louisville, Louisville is one of those overcompensations. Like, you know what, we just have to just be bigger than everything. We're just going to shoot off so many fireworks that, you know, they feel like we're not actually a part of the rest of the state. <laughs> Haven Haven can probably speak to this. I think you're absolutely correct. He probably knows more. But the problem is we try to do our own thing, and then the rest of the state convenes at the Capitol every couple of years, and then they try to dictate to us how to, you know, how to live. Louisville's, Louisville's new motto needs to what are we now, Possibility City or something wild like that? Something like no, that. No, just change it with uh, let us be. 
<laughs> let us be. Yeah, I think that I think, I think that's right. Welcome to Louisville. Can we live? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do our thing. You guys be all right. I, I, I'm telling you, like like we have a we have a very bad complex. It's like you know, if you have like that weird sibling, you try to do everything to let <laughs> let, let let him know that yeah, like <laughs> yeah, my brother can't really help it, but you know what? I'm normal. <laughs> I'm regular. I'm cool. I like to do fun stuff. Like you know, right, man. Hey, leave my brother alone. He wore he wore shoes on the wrong feet till he was thirteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the rest of the state. Like you have Jefferson County, like we're the cool brother, and then the rest of the state is the brother that drools on himself and wears backward shoes. There you go. There it is. <laughs> hey, we. You know what? Three eight four fourteen fifty is is the uh, the call in line. The, the wake up five zero two bus line. We actually already have a call in there, which is uh, crazy for this early on. I haven't even set the topics for today, but I know who this man is. It is our main man, Jay Has. Jay, what's going on this morning, brother? Man, I am here live and direct for Thunder Over Love. Hey, I, I know you. I heard you was gonna do it big tonight, Jay. What's going on, man? Man, I'm gonna be on the rooftop. The rooftop. Where, where are you going to be at, man? Where, where can people come out and say what's up to Jay has Oh, man. You better get in where you fit yeah. in. <laughs> come from undisclosed locations. Undisclosed locations. High atop Louisville, Kentucky. Jay doesn't want to give away his HIPAA <laughs> information. <laughs> now, Haven and Rashawn, and, you know, people, your listeners and your people are not going to believe us or not. During this time, for the last 13 years, we have traveled into so many prestigious galas in this city where it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one we shot. Dignitaries to movie stars. Dignitaries, movie stars, sports athletes, journalists, uh, you name it, senators, grand poobahs. I don't know if there may be a pope in there somewhere. You never know, man. You never know. <laughs> yeah, pumps in the bumps. <laughs> That's what so we do. I, I, I have two little, two little small questions, Rashawn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm waiting on to see what Kenny Kenny Payne is going to deliver. I mean, you got two All Americans sitting there on, on the bench. Now, I will give you some, some identification or something that LeBron James is coming to Louisville. Oh, is he? For the uh, EYTL game or something. Oh really? Oh, I, I did not know that, that the king was gonna make a, make an appearance. Yeah, man, he's coming to he's coming to Louisville, Kentucky. But I waiting on Kenny. I know y'all gonna get to, to the subject a little bit later. But I waiting on Kenny to deliver somebody real quick. And uh, we're gonna get a chance to see my man Havens, man Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, and Lamar and Teddy are in town. The reunion. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's going down, man. I'm so excited about that, man. But listen, man. I'm going to be – I'm getting ready for this rooftop. It's a thunder over Louisville. Watch them planes go, you know. But, y'all, you know about that planes and thank you as a Marine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. They they got the, fi- the oh! fighter jets. <laughs> they got, they got the, fi- the fighter jets was out there testing yesterday. That That's the thunder, you know, when they talk about that thunder over Louisville. So, you know, they got the fighter jets. We got fireworks. It is just like – uh, you know, manly man overload <laughs> all day today. Hey man, y'all come hang out with me today, man. Hey Jay, you know we gonna come get at you, man. That absolutely. Yeah, for, 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 from uh Casa de la Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what we gonna do. Hey, I appreciate the call, Jay, man. Thank you so much. And we're gonna right, definitely get up. into that. Yes, sir. Hey, no, no, Jay's right, man. We got so that you have so many dignitaries and, and I guess this is gonna be the first time that LeBron's gonna be available. Yeah. Uh, to to be able to come in for all the festivities because normally he's uh, in the early rounds of the uh, playoffs. You know, usually he's in there every year. This is the first time I think that LeBron's missed the playoffs. Um, you know, and, and I know that what it was two years ago uh, when he first got to LA prior to Anthony Davis being traded there, they missed the playoffs that year. But of course, then you had all the the the, the shutdowns and all that stuff, and then the following year you had the bubble. Um, so this is going to be the first time that LeBron has been able to actually get out there and move as as like King James. So like if he's coming to the Ville, man, that's going to be big time. Like that's going to be, you, you know how we do. I remember when, you remember when Michael Jordan several years ago came to the Derby and how everybody just made like a huge huge deal about Jordan coming to the Derby and everybody's like, man, I saw Jordan. Yeah, everybody saw Jordan because he kept got, coming got back. Got a pair of shoes autographed. Yeah, oh, got really? a pair of shoes autographed and quit my job that day. <laughs> Walked up, car- kid you not, kid you not, man. I was bartending at, I don't know if I want to disclose. <laughs> Actually, you know what I do because it was a terrible job. I was bartending at, uh, at, at TGI Fridays. Okay. They tried to tell us, uh, hey, y'all, we, a lot of celebrities come through the back, you know, through the kitchen area. Don't make eye contact with them. Don't bother them. The whole reason they do this is so they don't get bothered by the public. All right, whatever, cool. There were plenty of musicians that went by that I didn't care about. A lot of people that folks had to tell me, oh, you don't know, that's so-and-so. Okay, cool. Well, I was making one of those little salads for somebody sitting in my bar <laughs> back in the kitchen, and I heard a voice that I recognized. And it was Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Wow. And I was standing there in a pair of Jordan 11s because I was dumb back then. And I had to be, I had to look fresh, even though I was bartending and going to ruin them. Derby weekend, you know, you got to look, you got to look right. I stood there in that kitchen, y'all. I swear to God, took my shoes off, handed him a Sharpie and said, Mr. Jordan, I'm sorry to bother you. I'm about to get fired for this, but can you sign one of my shoes? Because I, nothing else, I can sell it to my buddy and it's going to cover my bills for this month. He just laughed and said, hey, man, why don't I sign both of them then? <laughs> right in front of the boss who'd had the team meeting, dude, and he is standing there fuming. I said, yeah, my boss over there is going to fire me for this. And Michael Jordan looked at him and said, you're going to fire a guy for asking me to sign a pair of my shoes for him? <laughs> man. And he, he just said, man. And, like, tilted his head at him and walked out. My boss said, I, I, I'm so mad I could spit right now, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, better find a bucket, Jeff, because I'm going home for the weekend. I'm going to go enjoy my derby. I'm selling these shoes, and I don't work here anymore. Deuces. That's hilarious. That's what I did and lived like a king for a solid two months that summer in college. That is a Joe Kelly story if I ever heard one right there. Hey, shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to Michael Jordan. Because I seriously thought he was going to tell me, you know, like something. I thought I was going to get the opposite type of Michael Jordan story about. Right. Same time I got cussed out by the goat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Punk kid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nah, hey, that you is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so, wow. Shout out to shout out to Michael Jordan. The he, goat. He's a, he's a friend of of the labor force. 
There it is. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but to 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 uh, to um, Jay's question um, about Kenny Payne, uh, that's been kind of the question. Uh, it's it's like it's almost becoming to the point now to where you know Kenny Payne. Now they did get the the news that Roosevelt Wheeler uh, did decide that he is going to be returning um, for his uh, sophomore season at the University of Louisville. Now the sixth player um that's uh confirmed that he's going to return to the team so we know everybody who's staying now um there's still an outside chance that dre davis could you know reconsider uh he put that on his uh goodbye <laughs> letter to the school but more than more likely than not dre davis is going to probably be somewhere else so we know who the team is going to be moving forward of course with l ellis um uh, sydney curry uh, jalen withers uh, uh mike james as well as uh, Big Rose of El Wheeler. And, of course, we have uh, uh, Kamari Lands, who's decided that he's going to stay around, and J.J. Trainer. Those are the seven guys that we know, six guys returning and one commitment staying and sticking. Um, but, you know, all the hype around Kenny Payne was – Kenny's going to come in. He's a super recruiter, and all these guys are just de decommitting so they can come to Louisville. Like, that was the story um, that that everybody was told is that, you know, I know that Kenny didn't say that, and I know that, you know, our, our buddy Jeremy, who's been breaking a lot of stuff, didn't say it, but Scott Clark was expected. You know, Scott Clark decommitted Kentucky. He's coming to Louisville. You know, this guy decommitted. You know, he's coming to Louisville. These guys are decommitted. You know, they're coming to Louisville. Well, it ain't really been like that. In fact, it's not been like that at all. There's not been a single commitment. There's not been a single guy say, you know what, Kenny Payne's here, Nolan Smith's here, I'm here. Has That has not happened right. yet. Haven, hey, 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 Joe, let me ask you all, um, it's early, but being that it is five weeks into this Kenny Payne hire, A, are you shocked, and B, is there a reason to worry? You want to go first, David? Yeah, I'll go first. One, I'm not shocked because, you know, recruiting is a tricky game. It takes a little while. People want to see your staff, you know, want to see you build out and, you know, kick the tires a little bit and see what's going on. I get it. And Kenny just, you know, he's he's been out there beating the bush, talking to people, things of that nature. So it, it takes time. It takes time to make those relationships. It, it takes time to, uh, you know, get things together, build a program back up from scratch and start over. So, no, I'm I'm not surprised. It's no, we haven't had a major commitment yet, you know, just five weeks in. No, not a major commitment, any commitment. Or any commitment. Um, you know, it, I'm not surprised. Well, he did convince, like, Roosevelt Wheel and those guys to come back, so I guess you could count those as. I don't count those. Really? I mean, that's, no. that's, that's a big change. Because, I mean, because you're, you're, you're trying to get, trying to get somebody to come back to, like, a whole new, a completely different situation than what they were brought into. So, to me, that's actually pretty big, convincing somebody to stay. When the wheels were falling off, I'll say this: in the, the in this era of NIL, you're going to get NIL deals by being at a powerhouse program like Louisville. That's why I don't give a lot of credit for that because at the end of the day, you can make more money here than most other places. Can you really? Yes. Our track record hasn't been that. Yeah, the, the NIL just got started. I mean, you I know mean, what I'm saying? I mean, like, I mean, other schools. But I mean, you're not getting. Well. But the but the bottom line is, you're not getting NIL most basketball schools. Like, you know, we're not talking about football. We're talking about basketball. There's not many places where you're going to get significant NIL from basketball to begin with. Louisville's one of those few places. So that's why I don't give a lot of credence to it. It's just because I think that you're going to make more money here than most places because most places don't really do big NIL deals for basketball players. 
So you know, I, I, you know, but I don't. More, but it's more true than that. Like, if, like if you I mean, Kamari Lands literally said, "Whoever is the coach, I'm going to be there. I don't even care." Yeah, well, that's him. So, but, but Rosa Villa probably had a, you know, maybe maybe had a bad experience last year or the years he's been here with Mac. I mean, you just don't know these things. He may want to leave because the experience was so bad. Well, like, why come back? It was horrible. The coach quit. We had a team that was full of prima, well, one or two prima donnas that took over the team. I don't want to be here. I have no idea what Kenny Payne's going to do. I don't know what offense is going to run. I don't know what the staff looks like. Mm-hmm. I go someplace else and, and play immediately and, and be a star. Like, why stick around? I mean, I, I, there's plenty of reasons why Sid Curry could have left and gone, gone someplace else for the same reason. I prove, I've proven that I'm a big man down, down low. I can go to another Power 5 school. Have you proven it? Yeah. He's, just, he's proven it well enough. I mean, for, for even even if even if you're not completely sold on it, you have to look at it. And with all things that happened at Louisville, if you're an outsider and you didn't watch game by game, you've got to be even more frustrated than Louisville fans saying, "Where was this kid early in the season?" Yeah, there is so much hype and intrigue around Sid. I think, yeah, I think I think keeping him was a big deal. Yeah. And as another coach, would you come hard after him? Because you're, now you're like, you know what? I could do something to that dude. I can make him the focal point and start my team. I mean, Rose has the body. He has the body. He has the size. He looks like he can put on a significant amount of weight. He's long. He's got long legs, long arms, um, and, and a good build for such a young player. Um, you know, he, he definitely showed some potential. Uh, and you know, Kenny came out and made no bones about it during the, the Danny Manning press conference and said that he wanted Rose back. Um, you know, so I, I definitely think that this staff made no bones about the fact that they wanted him back. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a win um, to be able to hold on to him and keep him just for the simple fact that they said that they wanted him back. But nevertheless, more than a month in, you don't have like that's still only six players and one retained um Recruit, but those are six guys that you had to re-recruit back to the school because a lot of those guys were probably about gone. While I understand that, and I mean, what was the what was the conversation? What was the conversation when they said, you know, Kenny Payne gets his job, this was going to happen? You know, like these kids is going to be beating down the door. That's not happening. Like, 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 I understand what you're saying, but when you're having to fight that hard just to keep the players that, like. People thought that it was going to be a thing where commitments were going to be flying in so quickly that these guys were going to have to make decisions or they weren't going to have a spot left. And it's been the exact opposite. Nobody's coming in, and you don't know if you're going to be able to have enough guys on the team at this moment. And it's like you're going to fill the team with something, but that sounds a lot like Chris Mack last year rather than this new era of super recruiting. Actually sounds like Chris Mack all four years except for the years he got the Super 6. I mean, oh <laughs> gosh! I mean, so, so the, well, so, and no, seriously. So, I mean, like Joe, is, is there a reason for panic right now? Like with, with what's going on, because you see guys committing other places. You know, uh, had uh, Andre Cabello who committed to uh, St. John's. Uh, we've seen uh, Johan Torre, which was one of the bigger commitments, uh, trans uh, uh, decommit from LSU, commit to uh, Auburn. We've seen Arkansas get several commitments. We've seen Missouri get some commitments. Um, you know, and that there, I believe there's only four. Four or five top 100 kids left in total. Um, you know, Louisville's uh, trying to chase after a couple of them, but is there should there be any reason for concern that maybe this first Louisville team may not have 
um, that jump in talent that people were, were you know, expecting and, and being promised in some ways by folks? Well, look, at this point, at this point I would have to ask Louisville fans, that's your breaking point? Like, really? It's recruiting with a new coach? This is what's going to make you say, I'm frustrated? Given the last couple of years, I mean, you know, our man Bob Valvano likes to say, let's cake bake, and, and a lot of folks have adopted that. Uh, I, I, I like to think more of it in the terms of, of let the brisket smoke. You know, <laughs> let it do its thing. I, <clears throat> I don't expect anything in year one. Because, and, and what I worried about was that a lot of folks were thinking too much. And, and I'm guilty of it because I've referenced how easy it is to flip a, uh, a, a roster in basketball as opposed to football. And we go down the road to Cal, and, and we look at what he did the year that, that he had the number one class in the country committed to Memphis. He got the Kentucky job. They all flipped and came to Kentucky. Kenny wasn't in that situation. He was coaching the Knicks, so... When everybody was pumping up this, he's going to come in and immediately get get talent. I I don't I don't know about that, man. He wasn't sitting at another program with the, with a top ten class. That all he had to say was, "We're moving uh, an hour and a half north, and we're going to have better facilities." You coming with me? You know, what I mean, he didn't have that offer to make. True. I'm more interested to see what happens in the transfer portal. Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, because th- I, I feel like that's kind of the interesting and difficult um, spot uh, that Louisville's in right now. First of all, you, you know, you don't have a ton of guys out there um, that are talented. Of course, Devin Ree, the former LSU commitment, um, who came and visited last week, and people expected for Ree to pretty much commit either on his visit or soon thereafter, Monday or Tuesday. Well, you know, fast forward to Saturday, um, that still hasn't happened unless it's happened on Twitter this morning, which I don't believe it has. Um, you know, we're still awaiting Devin Ree to commit after everybody said it was a um, sure thing. Uh, the other guy, Tyrell Ward, um, is a guy who um, – Look, people had not been nearly as strong on. He's, I guess, the the highest rated recruit. He's a top fifty player um, who is um, still yet to make his decision. Um, and Louisville is in on him, but in definitely not as good a standing. Um, so you only have those couple of players that have really been mentioned. Uh, as uh, targets for Kenny Payne that they wanted to get involved with as well as Scott Clark. Scott Clark's already committed somewhere else. Devin Reed has taken his visit, and to this point in checking in Twitter, no, I don't see any Devin Reed commitments. So as of uh, 9.51 a.m. here in the year of our Lord, uh, April 23rd, 2022, um, has not committed yet. Um, looks like Devin Reed may decide to um, take some additional visits, and if that happens, I think that you can pretty much say he's not coming. So at that point, um, Louisville's in a tough spot with your traditional high school players that you're recruiting. And now the difficult part becomes with guys like um, uh, Jeremy Broom uh, and guys like transfers like even Imani Bates and, and others is that 
for transfers, transfers normally want to come into a program where they can come in, they can have a big impact, and then hopefully uh, look to put enter their name in the draft. And where you have the problem is for those transfers, they're going to be asking, you know, they're going to have, you know, usually transfers are more interested in uh, tournament success. Where high school players, a lot of times, they're going to come for the, the relationship with the coach because they, they want to come in, be one and done, and head to the league. Usually when kids are transferring, it becomes less about going to the league and more about, you know, can I you know, make a name in the tournament? And maybe that gets me more exposure. And the fact that Louisville does not have a decision from the NCAA and they will not get that decision until October, these kids are going to have to make a decision sight unseen as far as whether or not they're going to actually be able to play in the tournament. And I feel like that may be playing a role as well. Um, Joe, do you think that's something that, that you agree with? Like that may be a sticking point for kids that may be looking to transfer here? I, you know, I really don't know. I, I don't know what the what what advisories are telling kids today because the NL, the NIL changes so much yes. that it could be one of those things of get to a program that just will, will help you make side money and they should make the tournament. If they don't, you're going to get plenty of attention because this this staff knows how to how to promote their players. It's a player, as the coaches repeatedly said, it's going to be a players first program. Uh, end of the day, guys, y'all know me well enough, and for the listeners that don't, when you're gonna when when you're just confused or sad about U of L, I I tend to make jokes. And uh, here we stand. What what date are we that you just read off for sound? April twenty third, two thousand twenty two. Yeah, the April twenty third. Yes, the two thousand twenty two. Okay, so we have Kenny Payne as our football coach, or our basketball coach, rather. And when the the most hype we have about U of L recruiting, we have to look to our savior, one Scott Satterfield, who is killing it. We give we give old Nettie a ton of crap on here, <laughs> but man, Ned, Ned Flanders ripped the shirt off and, and reminded everybody, "Hey, man, you know, I, I I go to the gym. I get my lift on. It's like Ned has to every now and then. He's out there in his uh, what's that episode where they, where Homer sees uh, Ned skiing in the unitard? Oh yeah, he's just shaking his butt and Homer groans and goes, "I'm never gonna unsee that stupid Flanders." Yeah, that's how that's how sassy Sat's doing uh, recruiting right now. No, Ned, I can't do anything but laugh at that. Uncle Ned because is all killing we've heard it for years. All we aside on the recruiting trail. Well, we'll see. Meanwhile, our man Sat's out here catching popping trunks on people. No, I mean it's it's crazy. I, no, so Scott Satterfield has definitely been the same. Like I did not expect. Um, you know, with everything that happened and the whole Kenny Payne uh, train to get up and rolling, like Scott Satterfield definitely has stolen the the thunder <laughs> of the uh, recruiting talk. Like I didn't expect that two months ago to be like Louisville's going to get Kenny Payne because Kenny Payne's been the guy who's been the eyes on favorite since uh, Coach Mack stepped down uh, in January. Um, you know, that Kenny Payne was going to be the guy, that he was going to be the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, and Scott Satterfield was a guy who was just coming off a loss to Air Force, and people were like, God, we have to look at this dude for another year because Vince Tyree didn't want to pull the trigger. Um, that, that was the thoughts uh, in late January. Uh, so, you know, you fast forward 
uh, now here to April 23rd, and Scott Satterfield is the guy who's giving the Cardinal fans hope, and Louisville basketball is still mired in question marks when people thought that you know it was going to be all sunshine and rainbows when KP took over. <laughs> so it's definitely somewhere I did not expect. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the number one cornerback in the state of California for 2023, Aaron Williams, um, did make his commitment um, to Flyville 23. Uh, that's what they call the, the University of Louisville's 2023 recruiting class. Um, he made that commitment. Um, another California kid, a four-star player. Um, I believe they said that he is the seventh highest rated player to ever commit to the University of Louisville. So absolutely a humongous commitment um, for Aaron Williams to, to be a part of that. And, you know, Louisville still has their eyes set on a couple of elite prospects. Um, news actually came out, I believe it was it was either yesterday or Thursday, um, that DeAndre Moore, um, who's a top five wide receiver in the class um, of 2023, um, has confirmed that Louisville is in his final four, um, along with uh, USC uh, and a couple of others. It's expected that USC and Louisville are the two I guess primaries in this recruitment, um, and he would be the lar- the highest rated player not from the state of Kentucky to ever commit to Louisville. And the reason I say that, of course, everybody knows who the highest rated player is ever. Uh, Haven, you know who that is? The highest rated player to ever commit to Louisville? Any any sport? Football. Oh, football. You'd have to be either Brahm or Bush. Very good. It's Michael Bush. Oh. So it's Michael Bush. Michael Who's Bush. Uh, he was a is top that, ten player. Know, is, that, is that from? Is that from Kentucky or is that overall? Overall. No, thought, overall. He's the highest rated player. Uh, no, no. A- actually, Peanut was top. Uh, he was a top 50 well, player. Well, no, I tell you about if it's highest rated player ever, that'd be Woodney Turin then. No, 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 it, no. It's, it's Michael Bush. Michael Bush was rated the number seven overall player okay. in, in his class. So, no, Woodney okay. was a five star when he committed to us. Uh, yeah, w- Woodney was a uh, Woodney was a, a JUCO guy and rated a five star on one of the services, but I believe these are high school ratings are the ones oh, that they are school, counting. Okay. Um, but, um, yes, Michael Bush is the highest rated overall player. He was the seventh overall player in his class coming out, which is insane <laughs> that he was rated that drop, high. Though? Huh? Do you remember? Do you remember how how Brom and Bush both dropped in all those when uh, when they committed to Louisville? Oh when yeah. Were, when I just I can't remember who who was heavy on uh, Bush, but when one of those sites had Brom listed as Tennessee or Notre Dame or Louisville, he was a five star. Yes. Then he committed to Louisville and was a four. He dropped to a four. Yes. Now, now Michael Bush only dropped a bit <laughs> because the people thought that Bush was going to Ohio State. Um, and he was maybe two or three, and I think he dropped to six or seven. But he did not have a precipitous drop. Definitely, um, uh, Brian Brom had a, a a bigger drop. He did drop from five to four stars. Um, you know, so for the sake of these ratings, of course, Bush is considered by far to be the overall highest rated guy um, to ever be there. But this young man, if he commits to Louisville, would be he's rated higher than Peanut Whitehead was. Peanut's number two. Um, but this guy, um, uh, DeAndre Moore, the wide receiver from California uh, would be the second highest rated player to ever commit to University of Louisville. So, I mean, Scott Scott Satterfield in one class could literally have, I believe, three of the top (laughs) ten highest rated players to ever commit to Louisville. It's crazy. Now he's got to coach him up. It's insanity. Like it, it's is out here working. I mean, you know, uh, you know, our, our buddy uh, Steve Rummage always says uh, Scott the Satterfield's out here working fools, and I, I can't disagree. Now he has to coach him up. Man. Like, like, yeah. Too. You know, gotta hey, you know, bold prediction, man. What if Satterfield is the coach that fans have always wondered about? 
can he play second fiddle to basketball and be good? Maybe he's enjoying the distraction. Just let the guy work and quit questioning, and he's good. I don't know. Hey, uh, you know what? Gotta win, though. One way or the other, he's out here working, fools. So, you know, I, the Sky Satterfield, take a bow, brother. You, you, you know, you, the, like she, she said, ain't nobody does it better. You ain't done it on the field, but, hell, you're doing all these recruiting trails. So, I got to <laughs> give you credit for that. It's a start. <laughs> it is definitely a start. Hey, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harris, and Joe Kelly. Hour number two. We'll be right back with you guys for a whole nother hour. Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502 with a little bit of Prince and the Revolution. Purple Yo, Rain. Rashawn. Yes, sir. Did you did you hack did you hack my Alexa? Are you spying on me? Because I'm currently wearing a Prince T-shirt. Really? <laughs> so you, you 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 got me. You you're, you're speaking to me, man. And uh, here's your fun music fact of the week. Yes. How many of y'all have ever noticed that in Doves Cry? There is no bass. I never noticed that. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, even over the phone. I could, I could, through the silence, I could hear you looking up at the sky and going, "Wait a damn minute, it doesn't." <laughs> yeah, I was Holy thinking crap, about it. I'm it like, doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yep, that is so crazy. I've never, I, I never, it's, I never noticed that. I never thought about that. Wow. It's a flawless song with arguably the greatest aspect of music missing. Nobody did it like Prince. No, no. I mean that that, that man was was truly a uh, <laughs> a, 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 a one. He is one of a kind. Uh, let's just say that he was one of a kind. No, it's uh, my my. <laughs> everybody, it's just so funny. Like every time people see uh, pictures, I post some pictures of uh, my son. He had professional uh, business day. <laughs> Wednesday at school where they were doing business interviews and he had to get dressed up and once again they were like you know what your son kind of looks like Prince so hilarious every time 
Every time. It's like a seven-foot print. Yeah. Like a <laughs> the tall version, yes. <laughs> Man, Cam could pick p- could pick prints up and put him in his back pocket. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> it's a little bit taller, yeah. A little, 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 little taller, a little bit longer. <laughs> but got, got to love a little bit of Prince and Revolution coming back. Uh, let's go crazy. Um, and I tell you what, that they were going crazy Friday night um, at the EYBL. Session number two going up, going down in Indianapolis. Um, Kenny Payne and crew uh, did go up there while um, we have kind of been uh, uneasy about what's going on with 2022. 2023 is definitely where the focus uh, has lied early um, with this Louisville staff. Um, and, of course, uh, anytime DJ Wagner, uh, grandson of Milt Wagner, um, is out there, Louisville's going to be front and center. And they were actually three deep, Nolan, uh, um, Danny Manning, as well as Kenny Payne, all on hand uh, for that first game. Uh, with uh, Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner and teammates um, up there for the New Jersey players, um, and, and you know that they were that uh, they were uh, excuse me New Jersey Scholars. The New Jersey players is the old that's the old team that um, uh, Earl Clark actually used to play for. That's funny uh, AAU team. Uh, but the New Jersey Scholars uh, up there um, at the EYBL. Um, interesting thing, and I don't know whether you read into it or not because normally when your big players, your elite players, um, are there. Coaching staffs always want to send, you know, all their guys, you know, for the guys that they're really in on. Louisville, of course, sent all three of their coaches that they currently have hired. University of Kentucky only sent one assistant, Jen Coleman, to the game. I don't know what you want to look into that or not and say, you know, is this some, you know, secret message that Kentucky doesn't feel good about the recruitment and, you know, Calipari may be throwing up a bit of a white flag. Um, I don't know what you want to look into that or not, but Kentucky only had one assistant where Louisville had all three. Um, so it, it kind of is what it is with that. Um, but it's uh, another interesting point. Um, ESPN brought out their most uh, their their latest rankings for 2023 with um, things happening. Uh, you know, with with all the guys from 2022 pretty much making their commitments and heading to school. ESPN. This is the time when they um, basically released their first ESPN 100 for the class of 2023. Um, and I thought it interesting. Um, that there are currently three Kentucky prospects listed in the class of 2023. Um, and Caleb Glenn, who to me is definitely the, is by far, of course, the most imposing figure in the state of Kentucky. Um, he was ranked significantly behind the two top prospects uh, in the state of Kentucky, at least per ESPN. Reed Shepard, of course, a Kentucky commit. Um, uh, actually uh, from South Laurel County um, High School, uh, was rated at number 29 overall. Uh, George Washington III, um, who is at, uh, I believe it's Christian Academy, Louisville, um, was ranked number 31. I believe George Washington has committed to Ohio State. Um, can you guess what, how far behind those two Caleb Glenn was, who to me is probably the best player in the state, and definitely if they played one-on-one, Neither one of those two guys would score a bucket probably on Caleb, like in a one-on-one matchup. But uh, can you guess wow. how far behind those two Caleb Glenn is? Any guesses? Uh, outside, outside the top 100. It's I, not that bad. He's I, not that I'm bad. Say, uh, okay. he's, he's in the 50s or 60s someplace. 82. Really? They have really? Caleb Glenn at – a small forward standing six foot seven, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, athletic as one as he wants to be. Probably one of the quickest first steps in all of his class. 
looks like an NBA player right now. They have him rated as the number 82 prospect. And the reason I bring this up, um, just not because it did annoy me that ESPN had Caleb Glenn li- uh, rated that low because literally I've seen guys with much less skill and uh, much m- less um, actual basketball acumen be rated way higher. It was kind of interesting that he was that low because usually they rate guys by, you know, people that have that physical size, and they do the same thing with football. Guys who look like they have a frame for the next level and have that athleticism for, you know, making a pro career, usually those guys get a bump just because of their athletic ability. So I would have thought Caleb would have been a top 30 prospect just because of his pure physical size, speed, and athleticism that he would be a top 30 player regardless. Um, So it was shocking to see that he was rated that low. Um, But I feel like he was motivated on Friday night at the EYBL because he was rated that low. Um, The Indy Heat, which is the team, that he plays for at the EYBL was playing their first game of the session. Caleb had a, a nice session um, at, at the first session out in, uh, I believe it was in Atlanta. Uh, they were for the first session of the EYB, EYBL. Uh, came out on Friday night and was probably the most dominant player there. And the EYBL, if you don't know, has is the basically the breeding ground for all the top basketball prospects around the country. Caleb had a 19-point performance, hit four or five three-pointers, um, very physical on the backboards. Um, just basically came out there and destroyed the competition. You know who they didn't talk about at all? Who's that? George Washington or Reed Shepard. With, with a name like George Washington III, like how can you not talk about him? Like, right? I have questions. <laughs> I mean, it's George Washington and not III. and nothing about his game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. You know, George Washington. He's a transplant. I don't. He's been here in the state for the last couple years, like two or three years. Uh, he's a transplant from the state um, that came to Christian Academy in Louisville um, to play basketball. Uh, but it, it is interesting to me that you have Reed Shepard, who probably goes about six two, six three. You know, decent athleticism for his size, but there's not a chance in hell he's a better basketball player than Caleb Glenn. In hell. Yet and still, because he's committed to Kentucky and he's the son of uh, former Kentucky Wildcats star um, uh, 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 Jeff Shepard, he's getting he gets that kind of, you know, that's my daddy boost. But I feel like Caleb Glenn is going to spend the second session making it his personal uh, dunking playground. Like the young man is absolutely outstanding. If you push up on him out on the perimeter and you're a big guy and they want to put more size on him, he's going to go right around you and get to the basket and dunk on you. And if you put a smaller guy on him, he can go to the block and you better triple team him or he's going to dunk the basketball. And now he can shoot the three. You know, like he's an amazing prospect. I I would fully expect while he came out at number 82 in the initial top 100 rankings at the end of the summer, they always do an update. I would fully expect that Caleb Glenn is going to move into that top 50, if not top 30. He's a monster. And and that's once again, one of those things where it's funny, the, the, the best guy right now. Uh, for Kenny Payne uh, on the recruiting trails are two guys that Scott, that um, Scott Satterfield, uh, that, that, um, uh, uh, what's the old coach's name? Jesus, I've already like Chris Mack has all you know two guys that Chris Mack got recruited and committed. Um, Kamari Lands and Caleb Glenn are the two guys that could be the highest rated guys for both of his recruiting classes, just depending on what happens with DJ Wagner. It's very interesting. A lot, a lot of interesting things. And here's another bold prediction for you: We've not heard the last from Chris Mack. If Kenny Payne does anything worth note with either of those two players. You know Mac's going to have a couple of highlights and hop on Twitter 
and he's going to pull the uh, Matt Darty when uh, Roy Williams won at North Carolina and be like, yeah, but I recruited him. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I tell you what, like, like Caleb Glenn, the male product is, is, is he's a monster. Like he, he's an absolute monster. So I, I'm, I've always been, everybody knows like that's how I got into the recruiting game was working for Mike Hughes at inside the Um, so like the recruiting game is, is near and dear to my heart. It's crazy. It, it gets you frustrated. If you put too much into it or put too much hype on players too early, it normally goes wrong. I remember the Martez Walker commitment, um, for, for people, the older folks in the crowd, I know some of the young folks may not remember, but Martez Walker was a kid who committed to university of Louisville as an eighth grader. Um, way I back, I, I want to say I was making maybe oh four, oh five. Um, Tessie committed to Louisville, um, and everybody. <laughs> I had one guy in attendance when Tessie's team came there as a came to Louisville as a freshman to play in front of the Louisville crowd. I had somebody say, "Man, that dude's gonna be the next Kobe." <laughs> 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 yeah, just long, long story made short. Martez Walker never played a bounce for the University of Louisville once because. As good as he was as a freshman, he literally didn't get any better. He was good for a freshman in high school and had decent size, um, but just did not continue to progress. Um, and thus actually ended up not even going to level. He went lower level. Um, but, you know, the recruiting game is, is always kind of a hit and miss. It's definitely um, a gamble um, when you're dealing with especially younger prospects like Martez was. Um, usually that that's why you don't see coaches offering scholarships to guys, unless they're a freak like Greg Oden. They're not offering scholarships until at least junior year uh, for the most part. But Caleb Glenn is definitely a guy um, who, uh, under any circumstance, hell, he could probably go pro in basketball or football. You know what well, to me like basketball is is a lot less of a crapshoot with recruits than football. Yes, because yes. they all play each other. You know, you can watch them all play together on the AU, especially on like the the, the uh, AU circuits and tournaments, things of that nature. So you can see them play. You can see the top players play against each other in like positions and things of that nature. So you have a really good gauge in basketball. It's just how well these kids really are. In football, you know, you go to camps, you watch film, and then it's about, like, what level of football you are in the state, uh, what school you go to. You know, there's so many more variables in, in football. It's, it's just crazy. No, it's true. I mean, it's, it's, definitely, a, uh, it's definitely a difference, um, uh, you know, between the football and basketball, especially because, you know, you have players not only not playing against each other, but then guys that change position, guys who are listed as quote-unquote athletes, and, and where they're going to end up. So it's definitely a lot more um, a, a, of a crapshoot um, in, in, uh, in, in the circles with football than it is in basketball. Um, but that being said, you know, especially with young guys, you don't want to go out there and, and try to put too much on guys early because it just hardly ever works out with, with young players. Usually the whoever's the best as a freshman or a sophomore as, or as an eighth grader, usually by the time those guys become seniors, you have a completely different group of guys. Um, oh yeah! At the end of the guys it. grow some. I mean, yeah, some guys had growth spurts. Yeah, you know, it's like sometime during high school, like Anthony Davis was a six-one guard with his freshman year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's huge. Um, and you know, uh, but by the way, we actually have some texts coming in on the Thornton's text line, uh, which I haven't even given that out yet. So I appreciate people already shouting out four one four fourteen fifty um five zero two area code um is the Thornton's text line um. Uh, let's see. Uh, Texter says um, he says I think Denny was uh, to blame not hiring Milt Wagner to get Dewan Wagner. Milt came to uh, to Denny and asked if 
um, uh, you know, De- Dewan would start at U of L, and Denny said no. So Denny has to get uh, has to eat his crow on this. Denny also said the same thing about Shaq not starting, so he went to LSU. Um, <laughs> I've heard some some I've heard some definitely heard some Denny. Uh, what? Uh, stories. That's up there. That's up there with with the guy that told me if uh, LeBron James would come to college, he was going to go play for Rick Pitino at Louisville. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He would have gone to Akron. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's no way. There is no way LeBron James. No, I, I refuse to believe. There that. was actually a story. There was a story written. There was an actual article. I used to have the article. I don't have it. Where LeBron James did say that if he would have come to college, that he would have played for Rick Pitino at Louisville. It was a very small excerpt. Uh, from an interview that that LeBron did um, in his first year or two at uh, with the Cavaliers, but that actually Man, was LeBron says a lot of that, stuff. That, now, 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 now I, I agree LeBron with you. I know. But but no, it, that was an actual. It was an actual comment that he said that if he like it changed over the years, like it changed from Louisville to Ohio State to Akron to Kentucky <laughs> to where he would have played to college ball. I've, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard a lot of different ones, but th- there was an article that said he would have played for Rick Pitino at Louisville and had he gone to college. Now, do you, do you remember the advertising status. campaign that uh, Adidas did with guys that went straight to the league posing in uniform in jersey yes. schools that they would have gone to, and yes. Tracy McGrady was was wearing the Louisville. Yes, now, that one I do remember. Yes, even though I heard Tracy McGrady was a lock for Kentucky, that was always what I heard. Like I, I heard that. Yeah, I mean, I always thought. That's what I'd heard, and I just thought that was convenient. It was interesting. Was the U of L was the U of L school, and they were just introducing the T Max. Right, right. I, you know, I felt like they gave they gave Dwight they gave Dwight Howard and uh, and and, Tra- and T Mac, and I can't think of who else, and said, "Hey, pick one of our schools. Yeah. Which one of them would you have gone to?" <laughs> that's yeah, that's funny. T Mac said, "Louisville's in Kentucky, so I guess Louisville." <laughs> Yeah, that sounds poor, about right. Poor T Mac, he didn't really, yeah, he did. He didn't really realize what he was doing, but I'm sure that he probably gave some Kentucky fans some aneurysms with that one. Because <laughs> that was one of those things where everybody, you know, and man, if T Mac, if Tracy McGrady goes to school, he's going to Kentucky. It was kind of one of those Sean Kemp things, you know. Like we always hear about Kentucky and Sean Kemp, Kentucky and Tracy McGrady. There's a few Kentucky stories about guys who Sean Kemp was a. Sean Kemp was a done deal though until he stole Eddie until he deboed Eddie's son's necklace. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was that's, that that's that the story. That's the story. Yes, yes. Until he stole the necklace, stole Man. the chain. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that Sean Kemp's NBA career worked out for him, and that he's a legend up until that lockout when he gained weight. Yeah. But my goodness, man! If you don't have a successful professional basketball career, and you have to be the guy that tells folks. Yeah, I had a full ride to play at Kentucky, but you know, I had to yak the coach's kids' chain. <laughs> yeah, it definitely worked out for him because that it, it could have went away, uh, you know, much different way. He ended up being the Rain Man, but <laughs> it could it could have gone horribly wrong. It could have, you know. Do you remember how much? Do you remember the end of, the end of Rain when he was in Cleveland after the NBA? Oh podcast, yeah, he was oh one yeah, of the dudes that just ballooned up, man. Yes, he was humongous. He was a. He, <laughs> He could have oh. filled out one of Shaq, uh, Fat Shaq's jerseys. Oh wow! At the end yes. of that career, <laughs> yes, yeah, it was it was it was pretty terrible. But yes, I absolutely do remember that. And I'm just gonna say because the name just popped in my head when I was talking about Caleb Glenn and just the fact that physically imposing guys get a lot of credit. The first guy that pops in my head, Khalil Whitney, was the number seven, number six, or number seven overall rated player committed to Kentucky. Was hot garbage at UK so much so to where he didn't even play. Um, this was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where Khalil Whitney played. 
Caleb Glenn is a better basketball player. He's just as physically imposing as Khalil Whitney, but he's like three times a basketball player. Khalil Whitney is out of who came out of Chicago. He, he's way better. And they have Caleb Glenn listed at number 82, and Khalil Whitney was top 10. I, I just It popped in my head, so I had to put that out there. That's absolute hot garbage that Caleb Glenn is number eight. There's not 81 better basketball players in the 2023 class than Caleb Glenn. That's, that's bull crap. Um, Texter also said, hey, this is this is Dre. Don't forget to hook up on Derby. Holla at your boy. So, yes, absolutely, Dre. We're going to get together with you, man. We It's, it's going down. Y'all know how we do on Derby. We haven't forgot about you. Absolutely, absolutely. He, uh, the, also, we had another Texter say, um, I still don't believe in Satterfield bring Brom home. <laughs> so Scott Satterfield <laughs> may be out here working fools, but he still needs to prove it on the field you for most people. Up. I mean, you got the talent in, but can he bring the swag? I mean, that's, that's like the part two of the question. I am, yeah, okay, forget swag. Can you bring confidence and belief in your players, man? If you if, if you think your Look, team man. is that good, then actually coach yep. like it. Quit hey, playing scared. Look at, look at one of our favorite uncles in our football family. Did Larry Coker have swag? No. No. And he knew it. He let the swag be swaggy. And Absolutely. And he just did his swaggerless thing. That's what we need from Seth. Don't try to be cool. We see how that's working for Brian Kelly. Hey, you be know. you just win games, man. Be, <clears throat> be you, but if you believe in your players, let your players go out there and make plays. Be aggressive yep. and, and believe in your athletes, trust in the athletes. But, hey, uh, we are going to go ahead and hit this next break. We only got about 30 minutes left, fellas. This day has just flown by, as always. But you will listen to uh, Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio, Rashawn Haven Joe, and we'll be right back on WXVW. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. It's going down. Last 30 minutes of the show here on WXVW. Big X Sports Radio taking care of you on this Thunder Saturday morning. And I tell you what, what a beautiful Saturday it is, fellas. I was, you know, when, when I first got back uh, from the uh, from the cruise, the weather was horrible. Like the, the day that I came in here, it was a blizzard. I had to fight a blizzard just to get in the studio to do my show. It had been cold. It had been rainy. We had a tornado that tried to blow away all of Fern Creek. I was like, man, I need to just go ahead and get back on the boat. But, you know, the, the, today, this weekend looks to be just absolutely perfect, perfect weather right now. 
Oh, yeah, man. Rashawn, if you ever write a book, man, that's got to be the title. Should have got back on the boat. The Life and Times of Rashawn Myers. <laughs> I love it. Well, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story right there, man. That's a, that's a, that's a hard opening. You know, and, and that was apropos that uh, Rashawn picked uh, Rob Bates to come back to because, you know, he's coming in for, uh, I think, one of the Derby festivals. Rob Bates is going to be in concert. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. Oh, yep. nice. Very, very nice. You know what? You know what, man? One of the underrated uh, factors of getting older, we all complain about it, make jokes to, to deal with our mortality, but one of the cool things about getting old is – I used to drive by like the the Derby Festival, you know, uh, billboards or the Kentucky Derby State Fair, whatever, and I'd be like, "Look at those lame old bands playing!" Ha! Ah, I bet forty year olds gonna be out there getting crazy with it, bunch of olds. And now I'm at the age where I subconsciously see a lineup and, and text one of my buddies to be like, "Hey, did y'all see so and so's gonna be there?" Are they finally getting good at uh, <laughs> Yes, you are now the old folks. Welcome to the club, Joe. Yep. But you know what? Hey, man. Do you be old and another, another derby year. Another derby year that I quit a job. I quit another bartending gig because they tried to make me come into work. I said, Parliament's playing down at the waterfront, and I've been told to report to the mothership. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell a young man who had, who's, whose rent is already paid up that you have to come to work during during Derby and Thunder and all that. No. No, I do not. That's fair. I'll allow it. I, you know what? Especially as, as a young person, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're like, ah, this job, I'll just go get some, you know, bag and grocery somewhere else. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be all right. There is an age. There is an age where you can tell the job, take this, or take, tell the boss, take this job and shove it, and text the homeboy. And before you get to your car in the parking lot, he's already got a job for you. Somewhere. Oh yeah, oh yeah. To be young, young and dumb, young dumb and broke. Ain't that what the song said? Young dumb. Awesome. Broke. Yep. <laughs> hey, we we got another caller coming in. The, the the buzz line is is buzzing this morning. Let's go right back to the wake up five hundred two buzz line. We got our buddy Wayne on the line. Wayne, how you doing this morning, brother? Wayne, man, what's what's going on, Sean? Before I brother, I, I did, gotta say good morning to you three brothers, Sean, Haven, and Joe. How you guys doing this morning? We are blessed beyond measure, my brother. At least I know I am. I I, I can't speak for Joe and, and Haven. The Haven looks to be in good spirits. He's wearing his main event sports uh, baseball cap this morning. He's looking good. So I, I feel like we're having a good morning. <laughs> well, that's that's good, man. I'm just going to weigh in. You know, everybody's uh, you kind of getting up in arms about the recruiting. But I always tell, you know, tell some of my other friends, these kids, man, you, you, don't, you never know what they're going to do. But I, when I, I'm going to point out one thing, and I don't think a lot of these kids are not taking it in consideration. They they see the money, and that's always going to be an issue. But the main thing, in my opinion, that they're not looking at, where else will you be able to go where you got three championship coaches, they all got rings? Where else can yeah. you go? Yeah. You, you, you're not going to see that. And to me, that's important. You're going to get the, the coaching. You got the facilities. You got the league, but you know you got to do what makes you happy, and and, and I, I don't be I don't I don't begrudge any kid, but um, I, I'll I'll say this: we're gonna get Kenny Payne's gonna get the people that he wants, the people that he needs, 
And he, one thing he's not going to do, he's not going to take any pre, uh, prima donnas. He's not going to take no divas. He's going to tell you just like it is. And it's kind of like we say in the church house, it's either yours to accept or reject. So mm. that, that's all I'm going to say on that. But as always, guys, you know I love your show. I love all you guys. You, you're the best. And at the end of the day, you, you know what we always say, go cards. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, Wayne. Always. Wayne always coming through. And, and no, I, I agree with Wayne. I mean, you would think that, you know, when you have Nolan Smith championship ring, Danny Manning championship ring, Kenny Payne championship ring, you know, guys that 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 played on NBA courts, you know, you have an NBA Hall of Famer literally on the on the roster. Um, that's everything that you would want if you're a young man. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, the uh, transfer from uh, former five star big man transfer from Tennessee, is actually uh, starting his um, visit uh, this weekend uh, after visiting uh, Bruce Pearl in Auburn. Um, I believe he was there with uh, Auburn Thursday and Friday of this week. Um, it's thought to be a fight between. Between Auburn and Louisville for the services of Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Um, <laughs> ah, Rashawn's mentions. Hey, well, you know, are you are your friends from Auburn going to hit you? Have they uh, hit you up yet? I, they, they have not as of yet, but I'm sure that the that uh, Tiger Mafia will be on me. So you know, if I say that Huntley Hatfield is going to turn down Auburn to go to Louisville, I'm pretty sure I'll get blown up in my mentions immediately because you know nothing's better than bruce pearl nothing's greater than bruce pearl but it will be interesting to see uh brandon huntley hatfield is considered um to be an auburn lean but the fact that he got out of auburn and did not commit and came to the university of louisville means that you got a shot the same thing that i said about devin ree about the fact that he came to louisville got out of louisville did not commit and has not committed yet that bodes not well for louisville the fact that brandon huntley hatfield came out of auburn and did not commit to auburn and is now at louisville that says to me that Louisville's in a better spot than than thought of. Now, now Huntley Hatfield does have a couple of uh, visits left. He's taken three total visits, um, and he has two visits set up for the following weekend, I believe to Michigan State and somewhere else. And I feel like those are kind of like uh, maybe like um, – Xavier or somewhere um, but but wherever his last two it kind of feels like those are backup plans if things don't go well with these three schools but I don't think that it's going to go that long I feel like after this Louisville visit I feel like he's going to make that choice between Auburn and Louisville um, so it'll be very interesting to see how that turns out um, but you would think that you know you have two big men whisperers there um, with Danny Manning and with uh, Kenny Payne and when you have guys who have uh, tutored John Collins um, who's currently starring for the Atlanta Hawks in Danny Manning and a guy in Kenny Payne who um, has tutored you know Julius Randle Carl Anthony Towns you would think that would be um, a big feather in their caps for the recruitment of a guy like Huntley Hatfield. But what's we'll see? I mean, you know, I think that Bruce Pearl's going to have the number one or number two player in this year's draft in Jabari Smith. Um, I personally think Jabari Smith should be the number one pick. I don't know why ESPN has Chet Holmgren as the number one player in the draft. Is that your son's favorite player? Chet Holmgren is seven foot tall, 140 pounds. Dude is literally Sean Bradley 2.0. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, hold up, hold up. Because Sean Bradley, Sean Bradley takes a beating. Rightfully so. Sean Bradley was a baller ESPN at BYU. ESPN does him dirty, though. When he retired and they did the top, the not top ten moments and it was the highlights of all all the times he got dunked on, <laughs> here's the one thing you got to get, here's one thing you got to give the Storm and Mormon credit for. Yes, he has some of the most epic examples of ending up on a milk box. 
But you don't get dunked on unless you try to contest the shot. And most guys make a business decision and, and choose to not be on a milk box. When Sean Bradley retired, he was top 10 NBA all-time in block. Oh, Joe, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, people feel like me saying, like, I sent that tweet out yesterday saying that uh, Chet Holmgren was Sean Bradley 2.0. Mm-hmm. Chet Holmgren would wish to have the career that Sean Bradley yeah. had in NBA. I Sean Bradley was man. the number one pick. You know, he he was the number one number one pick coming out of BYU that year. He was a baller at BYU. He was better at BYU than Chet Holmgren was in his one year at at Gonzaga. Absolutely. Um, Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren. I hate to make the make the comparison just because he's another white dude, but just the build and everything. <laughs> he's Birdman with an outside game. I mean, he's not even Birdman. He, I mean, he doesn't weigh enough. I mean, at least Bird, Chris Anderson, uh, you know, the, the the artist formerly known as Birdman, uh, Chris Anderson at least had some size. I mean, but Holmgren is, stands all of about 7'2", and literally weighs, like I joke, kid you not, he weighs like 160 pounds. You know, they can always pass weight on him. Maybe. Ah. No, man, I don't think they can. And watching him, he is the first player I've ever said this about. It was uncomfortable watching Gonzaga because I thought he was I thought he was made of glass. Looking at his legs, I thought he's going to jump one time and come down, and his legs are just going to disintegrate. How do they support his body? <laughs> he's so skinny. he's so skinny, man. I, I I can't pick that dude number one. Like you have some very good players in this draft coming up. Paolo Banchero and Jabari Smith should be locked. One and two, either way. I don't care who you take of those guys. Um, and the kid whose name escapes me from Purdue um, should be right there as well. Like, those guys, I'm not taking. Like, whoever the Dallas Mavericks picks. Dallas loves picking up, you know, tall, you know, Caucasian dudes. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who, <laughs> who Chet. I'll tell you the franchise that has draft Chet written all over. They won't do it now. Mark Cuban loves his his, 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 his. Delegation guys. <laughs> or or Michael Jordan saying, "How do I sell tickets to people in Charlotte?" Oh yeah, yeah, let's draft, yeah. Let's You're draft right. the guy from Gonzaga. You're right. No, no. Li- literally, like you know, he, uh, he took he took Adam Morrison over Rudy Gay. Never forget. No, that's fair. So I mean, Brown. He took. You know, oh God, Kwame Brown. So let's see. The lottery yeah, right make- now, as it stands, would be Houston. Number one, this is pre-lottery. Houston, Orlando, Detroit, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City will take Chet Holmgren. And it's funny, they actually, yeah. in uh, at NBADraft.net, they actually have Oklahoma City drafting Chet Holmgren at number four. <laughs> that's, that's great, man, because we'll never have to see him. Uh, we'll just hear tales of him getting dunked on. Yeah, that's, that's a good fit for, for a guy named Chet. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that's somewhere like, but when I saw that that ESPN put out their number, the, their rankings, and they had Chep Holmgren at number, it's like there's no way, there's no way. Right. Like, come on, please, uh, just ch- no, just just stop it, right. stop it. Jaden Ivey's the kid I was yeah, trying to I, think I, of at Purdue. Um, Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith, Paolo Banchero, all three of those guys. Are you know you got to take those guys before you take Chet Holmgren? Like I, I just don't know what position three, he plays in the league. There were three guys on Duke's roster in the championship game that I would take over Chet. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, I, I agree. I mean, I just and I'm not saying all three of those guys are great. I'm just saying I I I had zero faith in Chet. A buddy texted me the other night, and I said I don't know, man. Maybe he can do that. We used to joke about 
there are some franchises that when a white player gets on the market, they go, we'll trade for him because he'll sell tickets. Uh, Indiana, Boston, Utah. Um, gosh, I'm trying Oklahoma to City has started to, to, to go down that, that pathway now. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma yeah. City, well, the I mean, Pacers, you know, Indiana have... Pacers, you know, they're, they're good for that every once in a while. It, it's it's We refer to it lovingly as the Tyler Hansborough NBA Tour. <laughs> So, uh, where, that, where franchises say, if we sign him, you know we'll sell a couple of tickets to at least his first few games. Makes sense. I would do it. Tyler Hansborough, Tyler Hansborough could have messed around and got his, uh, his jersey retired off fan boats if he played in Boston. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I, I, I can't disagree with anything you just said, Joe. <laughs> but <laughs> but to, to actual, actual goings on on the court, let me just ask you all about that. Um, as far as everything that's happened to start these playoffs, uh, whether it be the Chicago Bulls and having that big win over uh, the Bucks uh, in Milwaukee, then immediately giving it back as Milwaukee dog walked the Bulls um, in Chicago. Um, you know the uh, John Morant led uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who after the first two games, John Morant and the Grizzlies lose the first game. Um, at home to the Timberwolves. Get the game two. Timberwolves are blowing out the Grizzlies in game three, and John Morant and crew go on a 24 to 2 run at the they end of the fourth two quarter. Point leads. <laughs> to two win that game. Leads in one game. Unbelievable. Like, um, like what? What's the big? Is are there any big shots? Like this first round has been crazy. Like I, I, I mean, I know Boston. Boston and Brooklyn have been like Boston has found a way to win these first two games, but like who, what, what, anything stand out to you, Joe? Like what, what series are you watching? Like I, I, I don't know which is the best. It seems like this is it's a pretty entertaining first round NBA playoffs. It really is uh, the most boring one. I mean, it's the swaggerless showdown is is Utah and Dallas. Oh God! When you take when you take Luca off the court, like. I, as much as I love Donovan, I try. I told somebody on Twitter to enjoy playing with the Jazz on NBA 2K. That's how just bum their roster is. Donovan's ready to ride. Not a fun roster. He's ready to bounce. Exciting. I think oh, he's ready to leave. Quit playing defense. He he has quit playing defense. I'm telling you, man, they never fixed that crap between him and Rudy. When Rudy came in, touching the mics and, and gave Donovan COVID in the very beginning of all of this. I don't think they ever got right. They should have. They should have made a move this offseason. I think you're going to see Utah dump both of them. I don't know what you can get for Rudy Gobert with his contract, but that's that's for another show. Oh, I think Donovan I think Utah will try Utah to do Utah. everything they can to keep Donovan Mitchell, and, and including trading Rudy Gobert, because I believe that especially with Dwayne Wade being a part of that ownership group, that relationship between Wade and and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Utah literally has a street named after Donovan already right near the arena. I, I think that they will they will put their best foot forward because I feel like that they feel like there's a future with Donovan, and this is one of the big reasons that that Utah's in the position they are right now. Literally the reason that they lost to, and they are currently getting embarrassed, losing to a uh, a Mavericks team that does not have their two best players. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Luka Doncic are not playing in this series, and yet Utah is down two games to one. That's embarrassing, first of all. And the yeah. reason why is the same reason they lost to the Clippers. The Clippers went small ball against the Jazz in last year's playoff. And because... Uh-huh. 
the Jazz were bound and damn determined that they were going to have Rudy Gobert in the game. All they're doing is putting five guys on the perimeter and playing four on five. You drive the ball. Rudy's always going to stay in the paint. Somebody's going to be open in one of the corners. And they're just shooting right. threes and over and over and over and over again. Same thing happened last year against the Clippers. Is the same thing that's happened against the Mavericks right now. Yeah, and and you said you know it's it's five on four on on defense. No, it's five on four both sides of it because he gives you absolutely nothing. He envies Dennis Rodman's offensive skills. That's fair. <laughs> that's Rudy fair. Gobert, Rudy Gobert can't do a damn thing but dunk a basketball. That's it. He can dunk them and he can block them. Eight years into the NBA, that's ridiculous that he doesn't have a post move. Like at seven how, foot two. How in the hell? Do, but how do you? How do you, as a coach, a GM, a fan, an organization, anything, if you're invested in your roster and making a legit championship run, how do you wrestle with the fact you have a guy, you have two guys, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, eating up your entire damn cap space? Yeah, all of it. And two players, and one of them is a former defensive player of the year that you can't even have on the court in the last two minutes because he's a liability. I mean, it's ridiculous because that, that's how you beat a small ball team, right, is that if, if they're going to go with five perimeter guys and you're going to have a, you know, Maxi Kleba, who's probably 6'7 or 6'8, playing small ball center, standing out there shooting threes, then what do you do? On the other end of the court, Kleba's got to guard uh, Rudy, right. right? So you got to be able to throw the ball to Rudy and let Rudy just get layup after layup. Rudy's got 40, 50 points against that small ball group. You can't even give him the ball. And I and feel Donovan like Donovan's Donovan. frustrated. I feel like he's well, frustrated about it. You know, it. it comes to the point that some franchises are okay with being at a certain level because they can still make a lot of money that way. And maybe Utah's has got to be one of those franchises that, you know, we're okay being kind of the middle, the upper tier of the middle pack of the Western Conference because we know that everybody in Salt Lake City is going to come out and support anyway. We got a, We got one superstar. And, you know, we're kind of good with making first, second round of playoffs. Yeah, but the problem with that, Haven, in this day and age of the NBA, players have more power now than they've ever had. And and I'm sure someone on the Jazz is like, you know, if Donovan goes and we'll retool, we'll spend some money, we'll try to get another free agent to come in. No no free agents come to Utah. Exactly. Their last two superstars, Gordon Hayward, Donovan Mitchell, both came through the draft. And Rudy Gobert was a draft day trade. Well, here's here's the thing for a lot of franchises like Utah that that are struggling with the idea of do you need a small can a small market is it different than it was 30 years ago? You know, where where to get your your exposure, you needed to be in a big market, and and small markets can make that claim that you can still you can be just as famous being the quarterback in Cincinnati as you can in New York. Okay, yeah, that's true, but do you want to live as a professional athlete in Salt Lake City? If you have options and you can be an NBA player in any city that, with an NBA team, are you picking Salt Lake City? Because I'm not. Well, I mean, that, I that, that, that's why the Jazz have – I mean, the, the fact that they were able to attract any free agents this offseason. I mean, they got Hassan Whiteside. They got Rudy Gay to come in. Um, you know, they were able to get Mike Conley trade done. Like, this is as popular, believe it or not, that Utah's ever been in probably their history for free agents. Um, yeah. But the but, problem is just Rudy Go- – like, the Utah Jazz are trying to play away – that doesn't work anymore, especially if your big man is not going to shoot the ball. And Rudy Gobert has been both their best asset in terms of being a generational defensive low-post player, but also their biggest albatross because he can't score the basketball. So is they're in a very weird spot. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. 
Rashawn, is is it 2022 or is it 2020? Is it is it 2012 that we're celebrating Hassan Whiteside and Mike Conley and Rudy Gay? That's true. I mean, those guys they were great players in their day, but they're past their prime. Well past it. Oh, I agree. No, no. Con- Mike Conley should have been traded this uh, before the trade deadline this oh. year. Mike Conley should have been traded. I agree. Like he, I, I don't know uh, why they're holding I, on to him. He had a zero point performance in game two against the Mavericks. Zero. Twenty-one million dollar contract. Twenty-one million dollar contract, and you scored zero points. You gotta go. Oh, Who's gonna take him? Who's gonna take him? I mean, they're it, stuck with him. And that's the problem for Utah and a lot of franchises like that. They're stuck in their past. They can't get over their previous success. Utah got lucky, man. They had two Hall of Famers that they drafted simultaneously in Carl Malone and John Stockton, and they were able to fill nice complimentary pieces. But, yes, while Jeff Hornacek, great shooter. He wasn't in the top five any year in free agency, though. That's fair. He was a nice role player that fit into the team. Uh uh, uh, Byron Russell, come on, man. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's why it's so important Greg to, to it's so important to draft well. I mean, because you look at the case in point, small market team that's actually feasting and doing well, the, the Memphis Grizzlies, and they did it all through the draft. Desmond Bain, second yep. round draft pick. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., mid, mid, uh, you know, mid, mid level draft pick. Lottie you had pick. the generational guy in, in John Morant, which is who you can, um, you know, compare Donovan Mitchell to. But you, it's so important to get it right in the draft. Like, you have to get it right. And when you're going out there and you're drafting Grayson Allen and you're drafting some of these other guys that the, that the um, Jazz have drafted over the last couple drafts, I mean, they got um, uh, Yudoka as a bookie. With a first round pick, yep. Like, yep. What are you, what are you doing? So, like, I understand Donovan being frustrated. If Donovan tries to force it and uh, force a way out the way Damian Lillard did, it did not work for Lillard trying to get out of Portland. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case or if the Jazz are going to commit to retooling. But one of the two are not going to be there next year. I don't foresee Rudy Gay and Donovan Mitchell both being on that roster next year. Like, I, I just nope. I don't. I, I don't think they. No. And I think Mike Conley's gone also. And if and if I'm Utah, I wouldn't try to keep any of them because I mean, don't get me wrong, you want to keep Donovan, but I don't think it's realistic because you look at the window of time that you've had to put together pieces around him, and, and you haven't done it. He's got to be looking at it as now I can hit free agency and I can go pick who I play with, and it's never been more popular to do that in the NBA. Well, Donovan just signed his Supermax rookie uh, extension. So he will have to be at least on there for at least one more, if not two more years. So I think what you'll see, Donovan right. will be there, but I think that you'll see a retooled roster. Like, I think this will be Rudy, Rudy Gobert's last year with Utah. Um, I, just because I, I don't think that, A, the Jazz are going to let him go because it's going to be the Jazz's choice. And I don't think, um, you know, they may never get another dude that gets a Supermax extension because the only way you get a Supermax is if you make the all-star team within your first four years in the NBA, which, of course, Donovan Mitchell did, which is why he was eligible for the Supermax. So I don't think that you'll see him gone, um, but I do think you'll see a much different roster. And the pressure's on Utah to win right, right, right now, right? I mean, you got Bogdanovich, who's a very good player, um, and you have some, some young defenders that – you can probably lean on and get something out of. You have Jordan Clarkson, who's a vet, you know was sixth man of the year last year, um, is a talent. But the pressure's on Utah to win now. So I mean, they've got to make if they're going to make this happen, 
the pressure's on them to, to get it done right now. They had the number one record in the NBA last year, uh, but because Mike Conley was not available, they end up flaming out in the second round, losing to the Clippers. Um, so I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, you talk about retooling your roster and making it better. They kind of flip subjects for a little bit, but still stay on the topic of basketball. Mm-hmm. How's Villanova going to replace Jay Wright? That's a shocker. I could not believe he did that. Because I mean, like, he's still a young guy. I mean, for a coach, he's a, he's a really young guy. 60 years old. Yeah, which is young for like a college head coach. But like, he's still waiting for the game. Coach K's out. Like, man, there's like going to be like almost a dearth of uh, new blood. It's unbelievable. You've had Roy Williams, Coach K, Jay Wright. Yeesh. And you know who's you know who's going to have to be just pried away, kicking and screaming. Jim Beheim. <laughs> yeah, Jim ain't going nowhere. Never. Wasn't he supposed to retire in like 2016? Yeah. Well, when he started, you know, when he started having this problem, I think he like he like had an issue where like I don't I can't remember if he like peed on himself or something at the game or some some bladder issue or something. I'm not being, I'm not trying to be funny, but I believe it was something like that. <laughs> he had like some some he, issues. He has, he has some old man issues. He, yeah, he had some old man issues, and people thought, yeah, it's about time. He has here. a funny smell, and now he's peeing on himself. So he's still here. Now he, got some he peed on his pants, and then he. And then he accidentally hit a pedestrian. And he keeps picking his nose act. and eating his boogers. Like, but <laughs> these were old people moments where you would tell your your father, "Hey, I got to take the keys." Of the it's time, pop, 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 pop. It's time to give up the keys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This you've lived a good life, and this is why you have grandchildren so they can drive you around. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, he doesn't want to go anywhere like at all. <laughs> but. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, and, and, and you know that, that's good. But that's a good point. I mean, you know that Jay Wright is being, um, you know, he's being replaced by this. You know, some guy at at some small school. I can't remember the the the, the gentleman's name. Uh, Kyle Neptune. And I was like, well, Neptune's was hot in the in the early, late nineties, two thousands. So you know. Maybe he can work as a coach, <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't know. But you know, college basketball is definitely in, in a transitional moment right now. I, I I don't know what's happening. Um, I do know that University of Louisville. The other big news: Justin Perez, um, son of Rock Nation, uh, you know, CEO and president. You know, his mom's president of Rock Nation Sports. His dad is president of Rock Nation. Unbelievable um, that you can get that kid in in here. But that was the other news of the week. It has not been made official yet. But that that's um, the news is that he will Justin Perez will be a part of this this the um, the program. And you would think that with a guy like Amani Bates, the former number one recruit in twenty twenty two, who just decided he was going to transfer from Memphis, he is a he is already signed with Rock Nation as a uh, featured athlete that there may be some thought that Imani Bates could end up at Louisville as well, which would be a huge, huge coup. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of a wait and see um, to see if that's something that, uh, we you know, that, that Louisville can make happen. But, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of drama. There's not a lot of stuff solid. Um, so, you know, that's, fellas, that, that's where we at right now. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Ah. It's a whole lot of something, but not a whole lot of nothing. Nothing concrete. There's a whole lot of whispers. I need to be play rumors. You know what I'm saying? You know, all these rumors start there, you know, every day. 
<laughs> like, I, I don't know what to believe. You know, who is it going to be? Is Brandon Huntley Hatfield? Is he going to commit? Is he going to Auburn? Is, you know, is Imani Bates really looking at Louisville? Is Kenny Payne going to get anybody hired? You know, it just, uh, it's too much. Is Scott Satterfield actually going to get these kids to sign? Because that's the one thing I'll say. These football players, yeah, they've committed. But until you actually get it done on signing day, football is known for flips. So, you know, will Pierce Clarkson actually be a Cardinal? I, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, fellas, I definitely appreciate it. The hour went way too quick. Thanks to Wayne and Jay has for checking in with us. Thanks to Dre for checking with us on the text line. Everybody else who was in a, being a part of it. Um, just an amazing, amazing weekend upcoming. Everybody enjoy Thunder. For Joe Kelly, Haven Harrington, this is Rashawn Myers. Wake up 502, and we'll be back next week. Wake up 502. Big X Radio. We out. Tim around cause I'm all about this and cause